Hi, this is Taylor Stuber. And this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists and faculty members at Auburn University Harrison School of Pharmacy, and we are your hosts for the Postgraduate Pharmacist. On the Postgraduate Pharmacist, we focus on preparing and obtaining postgraduate training positions. From current events to expert advice, you'll have up-to-date content related to postgraduate training. New episodes are released every other Monday, so don't forget to like or subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or LinkedIn at the Postgraduate Pharmacist for additional discussions or insights into our topic. Welcome to all of our listeners. Joining us for another episode. She had so much fun the first time. She couldn't wait to get back. She was begging us. Uh, we have Madeline Belk. <laughs> Madeline. I'm pretty sure we were begging her because I learned so much in that first episode. I was like, bring her back. <laughs> Madeline, it's great to have you back today. I'm so glad to be here with you, Taylor and Sean. I'm looking forward to the episode ahead. So Madeline, Taylor and I have mentioned on previous episodes, things to consider when evaluating programs. One of those things is location. Both Taylor and I completed out-of-state residencies, and we know it can be a little daunting. And uh, candidates may not consider all the potential benefits of out-of-state residencies or that all the benefits that out-of-state residencies can provide. So we wanted to take a deeper dive into this topic today. Yeah, there are certainly many considerations to think about whenever choosing your residency program, location being one of the biggest for sure. So Madeline and Sean, feel free to answer after what led you to pursue an out-of-state residency? And just for clarification, by out-of-state, we're just talking about outside your home state or maybe the state that you did pharmacy school in. Yeah, so going into pharmacy school, I knew that I want to be a clinical pharmacist. And so I was pre-residency track the whole way through. Um, and I knew like the as the years progress, like it gets more and more competitive to find residency programs. And so I definitely had an open mind and flexibility when it came to moving. Additionally, I worked in completed rotations at all of the large hospital systems within my home state of South Carolina. So I already kind of knew how they were operated, what was expected, and essentially how things were done. And so I think they're Personally, I think there's so much value in training at different places so that you can compare and contrast what you know to, you know, new processes and continue to develop yourself as a clinician. There's also significant value in meeting new people through training and networking in new cities and states. Yeah, I'd say my favorite part was the meeting new people. I was tired by then I was tired of seeing the same people for four years. So I needed <laughs> fresh faces. <laughs> But it's also, it's also like a relief too, when you're, you know, thousands of miles from home and then someone's like, oh, I know that person, maybe one of your former professors or a boss. And so you're far from home, but you still have connections that you wouldn't always expect to, to have. And so that, that's always a nice surprise too. Yeah. And it's fun having that like anchor where I'm mm -hmm. like way up north where it's cold and frigid. I have like this little hub that knows who I am and kind of falls along with my career, which is kind of fun knowing they're up there and not just where you where you went to school. So what would you say 
in general, are the advantages and disadvantages of completing an out-of-state residency? So advantages would definitely be new experiences, whether it's the hospital that you're training at or the city you're residing in. Um, whenever I moved, you know, from Columbia, South Carolina to Memphis, Tennessee, it was like, whoa, this is way different. They're both cities, but have different perks to them. You know, I think college football when I'm back at home, I think barbecue when I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, like that's the, I don't think I can go back to eating barbecue anywhere else. (laughs) And so um, just new experiences are really exciting. You're able to further develop your independence and interest apart from your so-called safety net. So whether that be your family, your friends, whatever you consider to be home, you're building independence from that. You're able to network, tons and tons of network, just through like being one away from home. So you're meeting your preceptors, you're meeting your co-residents, but then you also have meetings with the regional residents that you get to meet them as well. And so it's just a big, like a new club you're joining essentially. And it's, it's, I think it's fun. I like to meet new people that I get really excited about that. And you also, with all that networking, like I previously mentioned, um, you truly appreciate just how small pharmacy is because if you're back home, you know, everybody, basically already knows everybody. But then, like I said, you go thousands of miles away and someone that you just met knows someone or did research with, you know, a former professor of yours. It's it's really interesting and enjoyable to experience that. Of course, some disadvantages are that you are away from home. You are on your own. And so that means no one's going to have dinner ready for you. I certainly miss my mama for that. I miss her for a lot of things, but she she definitely kept me well fed. There's no one there that's going to pull you away from your work to make sure you're keeping a well-balanced life. But the good thing with that, turning a disadvantage into kind of more of an advantage is that you're probably going through this process with other residents that are away from home. And so you kind of build a second family right there early in the year. So, um, and then lastly, a disadvantage would certainly be a cost associated with just picking up and moving yourself to a whole nother state, especially if it's somewhere that you don't foresee yourself staying in the future, maybe, because you have to consider licensure fees. And so if you're getting licensed for a year, then you're going to have to get licensed you know, wherever you land for your job as well. And so cost comes into play too. Those are, I think, very excellent considerations and definitely some that I think about as well. I think another advantage that I can think of that Sean and I both preach to our students in our elective class is that going out of state, you can sometimes market yourself a little bit different than you are able to market yourself within the state. So if you have a unique experience that pertains to your school, for example, if if our students were going through this new curriculum and how it develops them into being practice ready pharmacists, and they have a lot of team exposure, all the schools within the, or all the residency programs within the state know about that. They also get all these applicants from our school that also have that same experience. But if you go somewhere, you know, out of state, you might have maybe another person or two apply from the same school, but 
uh, chances are you could be the only person with that experience that applied there. So that would give you something unique to talk about and how to market yourself. So that's kind of just another thing that I think about. Sean, do you have anything? Yeah, I was going to add, Madeline, you were saying that the the networking, that makes me think of like the fresh, clean slate. Like that was my draw is that I could re rebrand myself. Not that, I, I mean, I wasn't the best student in pharmacy school, but people had the opinions about me and it's like you get to create fresh opinions. You know, I'm really going to, I'm really going to show them what I'm capable of. So if say you even had a bad experience, gives you a chance to have a fresh, clean slate with people who don't know you inside and out. And then Taylor, with the marketability, I like that you had said that because you know, when I was in pharmacy school, I was honestly told that you shouldn't apply to residency programs that are within your circle, like where your school does APPEs. If you really want to be successful, not that you're, you are forbidden from doing it, but if you want to be successful, you should apply out of that circle. You know, people don't look, people as an employers in the future are not going to look, look at you as competitively if you do a residency where you did APPEs. Now, I think that's completely false. Like, I don't, I don't think that's true. And I think if you don't, at least, I think you should honestly do both. That's my, that's my opinion to get super opinionated. I think you should apply to safety programs that you've done APPs at that know you that you have more of a, a foundation with as well as out out of state if you are willing to travel out of state I think that's what's going to make you most successful yeah and I think kind of going back to Madeline your points some of those disadvantages you know cost was something that I considered as well but ultimately it's like we've we've said previously it's an investment in your future so that's kind of how I justified the cost of thinking about moving and potentially moving elsewhere afterwards. I, I think the hardest part for me, just to be honest, um, and we, we've all done out-of-state residencies, just to put that out there, but I think the hardest part for me was just kind of being comfortable enough to move away from family, significant others, and having to embrace that or, or do that. That's certainly one thing I think that holds a lot of people back. Absolutely. I agree with all of those points. Another thing to consider too, you know, out of state is it is just a year and it goes by so fast. It's amazing. So if you can get outside of your comfort zone for just a year, when you look back at your growth, it's just substantial. I agree. All right. So I think it's now time for everyone's favorite portion of the program. Maybe PGP <laughs> trivia. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to ask my question first. So I don't know if you all know, but I am a big, well, I haven't golfed as much as I used to, but I, I really enjoy golfing, going with friends and doing that. So my, my trivia question is about golf today. So I don't know if you all are, <laughs> know much about it, but you probably know, though, that if there's a certain number of strokes that on each hole, if you get if you get the number of strokes allotted, it's called a par. If you get one under the strokes allotted, it's a birdie, and two under is an eagle. What's the term when you get three under par on a hole? I'm guessing this is a par five. <laughs> it can be on a par four. So if you get a hole in one on a par four, that's what I was, well, I was, that's that's what I was going to say. Is this a trick question? And then the answer is hole in one because three under par four is a hole in one, right? No. Well, it is, but <laughs> um, I thought it was. Um, I went first last time. Madeline, you go first this time. I I have no idea. I'm trying. I'm waiting for the options. 
There's, an ABC. Uh, there's no <laughs> options. It's just fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. I have no idea. But a but a hint is it has to do with a bird. It's it keeps with the bird theme. I thought so. So a, it's a bogey over and it's a double bogey. So I'm th- I think it's a double eagle. I think it's a birdie eagle and then double eagle, just like it's a double bogey. I support that answer. Okay, so it. I'll give you all partial credit. It it <laughs> is called a double eagle sometimes, but sometimes, the, but the. Uh, <laughs> The one other times it's a hole in one. <laughs> the name that I was looking for is an albatross. An albatross. Oh, <laughs> that's where that comes from. I've seen golf clubs called albatrosses, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've never gotten an albatross before, unfortunately. <laughs> well, you'd have to be Happy Gilmore to get an albatross. There are a few that happen. I mean, you, not. I mean, you basically got to hit on the green on a par five. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky on to get off the um, the the driving. Station. The tea box. Yeah, the tea box. <laughs> my, uh, I can tell you play a lot of golf. Uh, no, I'm terrible at it. My my father in law though, he's a he almost went pro. So oh wow, I mean, talk so, about intimidating. How fun is that when you're trying to impress this person and he's like, <laughs> just wipe the floor with you in terms of golf. But what's cool is I'm so bad I get to play on his team when we play doubles, <laughs> and uh, and so you know I'm the handicap. So it's it's fun. All right. So Taylor loves when I do this. I'm going to change it up. So I thought it'd be fun to change up how we usually do trivia questions for this one and play a mini trivia game. So I play a game with my little girls where I pretend to tickle under their arms and I go, is it going to be this one or this one? And I go back and forth until I say it's going to be both. And I just like tickle them and they. I'm glad we're not together right now because I I would be thinking you're going to tickle me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, they love it so much. Rosie doesn't anymore. She gets scared. But Addie, <laughs> Addie is the younger one. She goes, Daddy, do is it this one? Is it this one? Or is it going to be both? And so I'm like, OK, I'll do it. Oh. Um, so that's what this game is going to be. It's the game is called. Is it this one or is it this one or is it going to be both? The topic is Kansas City. And you tell me if it's a thing in Missouri, Kansas or both, because Kansas City stretches both of these states is the answer. Kansas Missouri or both Kansas and Missouri. You just say both. So first one is single men between the ages of 21 and 50 have to pay an annual tax of $1. <laughs> um, let's go with Kansas. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Kansas. You say Kansas. The answer is Missouri. All right. So it was once and still may be illegal to put a scoop of ice cream on top of a cherry pie. Oh my goodness. Kansas. <laughs> Kansas. Both? It's actually just Kansas. No flying kites in public spaces because it'll scare the horses. Maybe that's both. Kansas. It's actually both. You need a permit to shave while driving. <laughs> what? Both. Kansas. It's at, You both are wrong. That's actually just Missouri. Bathtubs with feet resembling animal paws is unlawful. Um. Both. Oh, Missouri. Ooh, it's actually both. No catching fish with your hands. No catfishing. Missouri. (laughs) I'm going to go with the pro here. It's actually Kansas. Oh, my God. (laughs) You cannot hunt. (laughs) Taylor, you'll like this one. You cannot hunt ducks with mules. It's illegal to hunt ducks with mules. This is both. 
<laughs> uh, Missouri. It's actually Kansas, too. Wow. Kansas has all these hunting laws. Uh, no sounding gongs in public spaces. And that's the last one. Both. Both, for it's sure. It's Missouri. Oh, my goodness. Missouri. Cannot that was do bad. It. That was bad. So, <laughs> well, these are actually really hard. Back to the serious stuff. Yeah, so I'm wondering... You know, have you all heard or have you talked to any students recently? What are some of their reservations about completing an out-of-state residency? I think a lot of it goes back to the fact that you're leaving your support group behind, whether that's your family or your friends, and you're going into a difficult year ahead. That, and then also, I was married before I went to pharmacy school, so... I couldn't 100% relate, but I know a lot of my classmates were getting married right at the end of pharmacy school. And I'm sure that probably plays a role into it as well, depending on what their significant other is doing and whether that's an option for both of them. That was me. I did it anyway. <laughs> we're still married, though. So. And I, I know several, several people that have done that, too. It's kind of like a split down the middle, whether or not they still pursued residencies out of state versus really putting all their money on home. Yeah, she was married and pregnant and 600 miles away. I was in uh, I had to make it up really good for the next year. <laughs> I imagine so. <laughs> One of the reasons that I think they have reservations. So you've probably all heard of FOMO, fear of missing out, mm -hmm. but I think it's actually the FO2, which is the fear of the unknown. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. It was definitely scary for me moving somewhere that, I, you know, after I've lived somewhere for 24 years of my life to pick up and, and go across the country. Well, not across the country, but, you know, six hours away from home. Mm -hmm. um, it's a scary thing, but Many people have done it. So, you know, you can build a support, a new support system there. Like Madeline was saying, um, there, there's other people that are going through the same thing. So definitely something to consider. It's one of those life experiences where you get like this, these core skills that you never knew you needed in life that are going to benefit you later on. So one last question. So if someone was on the fence about whether or not they wanted to apply for an out-of-state residency, what would you tell them? I would tell them if, if you have the ability to go out of state, then I absolutely recommend it. The opportunities are endless. You meet people you wouldn't have met otherwise. And as the saying goes, the best place to grow is outside of your comfort zone. So embrace it. Gosh, that's so much better than anything I was going to say. It was better. I read what you were going to say. It was horrible. <laughs> no, so, uh, so the only thing that I would say is if you are considering an out-of-state residency, but you're not sure, oh, go ahead and apply to both. See what interviews you get. Go to both interviews and get a sense of, are you a good fit for either of those programs? And then make your decision from there. All right. Well, Madeline, I want to thank you again for being a repeat guest on the Postgraduate Pharmacist today. We'll have to have you back in the future. Thank you for all of your valuable insight. Yeah, thank you, Sean and Taylor, for having me. And I'm looking forward to our future episodes together. Yeah, we'll get you a professional mic next time. You're going to sound just like us. Love it. If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests, please like and subscribe. Remember, you can listen to us on all major podcast apps. And don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode in the description below.